0: No. It's enough. Even torturing you is boring.
1: This is the small council.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. So hopefully we're going to get through the rest of Season 4. We're going to do our absolute best. We have three more factions to cover. If I'm not mistaken, we have Free Folk, Stark, and Martells. There's not much with Martells, so I'm going to try to fly through those ones real quick. Um, Having a little uh, difficulties with uh, some audio uh, at the moment, so bear with us. Uh, Spencer, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. All right. It sounds like that's resolved then. Um, so just to make sure we get through it all, everyone, uh, I'm going to kind of just jump right into it. Uh, you know, cause we really don't want to have to make another, uh, episode just to cover like half of one faction or something. So, um, let me just pull up the Martell cards real quick. Um, uh, Sorry, that was the wrong link. Uh need just the updates. All right, let me scroll down. Of course, it's the very last ones, I think. All right, so uh, we'll start off with, uh, I'm just going to do them right in order, I think. Um, so we'll start off with the two NCUs that changed. Uh, First change was to Alara Sand. She is still four points. Uh, The only difference being is, uh, you know, when she claims the sword, or, uh, sorry, if you control the sword and then she claims the zone, she can place out one condition token rather than two within long. Um, This one, uh, I would say, would be a great change, and it probably still is a good change. Um, But with seeing how some of these other NCUs got buffed, I'm a little hesitant to call it, like, needed anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased on it. Uh, I do like the fact that she is a little weaker in the sense of, you know, if I'm trying to put my bias aside when I've been making lists, I'm a lot less tempted to just auto-include her. Uh, I see myself actually taking some of the other NCUs a little more. To be totally honest, though, I'm still running her. So that still says something, at least in my opinion. Um, but when you have these other NCUs that are just like, I'm just going to pass out two tokens and have another effect, just like she does, but she has a condition of uh, of needing the swords. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Spence?
2: uh i'm kind of in the other camp i would say this was a fair change because she was so auto include uh pretty much anytime you made a list with martels you would just auto throw her in as the first ncu because she was that good um whereas like you said now when i've tweaked some of my lists, she's in some of them but she's not in everyone anymore which i think is a good spot for her to be uh compared to what happened yeah. to other ncus it might not be fair, but we'll see. Some of those might even get toned down in another update anyway. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to say because I'm not quite sure who you're also talking about. Like, if you're talking about someone like Miri... Um, yeah, Merry I do Master. go she at least has to re- huh?
0: Mary, Yeah, Mary Master.
2: Yeah, well, she has to replace a zone to do two tokens. Yes, she also heals one, but she is replacing a zone to do it. Uh, Now, it's usually a crap zone that you don't want anyway, but...
0: (laughs) Well, Um, that actually has the other really strong effect of bringing it back, you know, attachment. But, I don't know, uh, I think that overall, it's probably the better choice. And then, I think, in the grand scheme of her, uh, of Alara, plus these other NCUs I'm kind of referring to, I think the best result would just be toning down a couple of these others rather than keeping Alara the way she was. I would agree. This
2: seems like a um, fair of what it should be.
0: Yeah, and again, reiterate one more time, I'm still running her. Some people might see it as a huge nerf, but uh, you know, I think healing tokens in a faction that kind of wants to be more... Uh, now, uh, Martel's... C- do and don't want to be Alpha Strike. I mean they they are have a lot of control aspect. But the last thing I need is to control my opponent uh the moment I need to uh to you know if I have like a weakened token. And Alara um still finds her way into I would say most of my lists still. Um she just isn't auto even though she's in most of my lists uh, I would say only in some of those lists is she the first pick. Uh, often now she's like the second pick because she's still good, but she's not like the go-to. But. All right. Um, next up, uh, the other NCU change was to Doran Martell, uh, the Lord of Sunspear. He's the commander uh, version. He is now four points instead of five. Uh, perfect. Right. I think this is amazing. Um, he had a lot of, uh, uh, potential and he was still decently good in the faction. You know, his cards are good. Uh, Ariel Hota is, uh, good points for, you know, I mentioned this before, but five points for an NCU you have to take that replaces a zone that can only target one of your units to only do either a march or maneuver, or sorry, uh, um, a pivot march, or a retreat, I don't know. Uh, i But I i think four puts him right where he should be. And now I won't feel as bad because a lot of times I want to run him in a 5-2. But if I'm doing that, the last thing I want to do is spend nine points on NCUs in a 5-2. A lot of times if I'm going to go 5-2, I'm running two four-pointers to really maximize my, uh, you know, my appearance on the tabletop. What about you? What are your thoughts on Doran?
2: Yeah, this felt necessary. I felt like this should have came probably in an earlier update. Even it was that obvious to me, at least that he was overpriced at five points for what he was bringing. Um, Hoda's good, but Hoda, like I would say grades out is like a two to two and a half point attachment, which isn't busted. Like that's, kind of something that you see pretty often. So this felt necessary. It's good to see it happen. Maybe Doran you'll actually see, you know, hitting
0: the tabletop more
2: consistently.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think uh, you know, Arrojota is a strong attachment but did not justify Doran needing to be five points with how strong he was in combination to, in my opinion, kinda how not weak but mediocre Doran uh NCU's uh ability was. Alright. Um next up we have the Tactus cards. Uh big changes, especially for me. Anyone that knows me knows I love playing Oberyn as the commander. Ha it's been that way since he came out and I feel like they just keep giving him buffs and I've been doing extremely well with them even before any of his buffs were given. Uh but first one is sand diplomacy to the base deck. Now it is start of the round. Your opponent chooses a zone. You choose a zone. The first time either of those zones are claimed, after resolving the effect, the opponent of the player who claimed that zone may target two enemy combat units. They become vulnerable and weakened. Amazing. Uh, This card is really good now, especially for two NCU Martels. Uh, I know uh, in some of my games I've been playing recently, playing this card... uh, and going first meaning i can activate one ncu take the important zone uh that's not triggered by this card then now my opponent is only going to get to pick one more or one zone on the board i'll pick whatever's left now both of my ncu's are activated now they have two ncu's left they can't activate either of them without trigger now there is some stock in uh little finger even though he's gotten a little nerf uh, with this card but overall it went from uh i'm just going to play it because i feel bad not playing it but it's probably going to hurt me to this card is great what do you think
2: not sure if i'd call it great but it definitely is a significantly better card than what it was before it it was practically useless before um like you said you kind of just played it just because you wanted to play it not because it was actually good. Even when I played Martel, it was kind of the same thing. Where it's like, well, I have the card, I should play it. Nah, it often hurt me more than it helped me. <laughs> um, yep. See, so yeah, I, I would agree. This is a it's a good card now. It's it's. I don't think it's a great card personally. Um, I think it's a good card. It has value now. Um, it still isn't one of the cards I probably want to see out of the deck. But it's no longer like, oh, crap. It's in my hand. I might as well use it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a card I'm, like, gunning for, but when I see it, I no longer am like, man, great. But when I see it, I'm like, okay, I can work with this. Um, And, you know, if it was only, like, one unit becomes vulnerable and weakened or whatever, it wouldn't be nearly as good, but passing out four tokens is pretty huge. And um, there's definitely some strategy behind playing it on the round where you go first or the round where your opponent goes first. Uh, but it changed. Uh, next up we have two of Oberon's, uh, three, uh, cards, which if I'm not mistaken, his other card that didn't get changed, uh, this time around got changed in the last update, which was Intercept Orders. Um but in this change we had, uh, Unexpected Exhaustion and Viper's Infamy both changed. Now, Unexpected Exhaustion, if I'm not mistaken, is the same that it was before, but upon the unit activating, they become vulnerable, so the card procs itself. Before, you had to try to get someone vulnerable, then they had to activate, then you had to play this card. Uh, I I still liked it, but it was really hard to use. Um, I liked it when it worked. It was a feels bad when I just couldn't get them vulnerable in time, and then the card was just sitting in my hand with no way to, you know, get rid of it. It didn't have a option to get uh, to like draw a new taxes card. Um, and I'll jump right into the next one uh, and then get your thoughts. But overall, I love unexpected exhaustion's change. Uh, and then Viper's Infamy uh, is now uh, to be totally honest, I can't remember what it used to be, but it is definitely better. Uh, when an enemy combat unit enemy is within long of Oberyn's unit, it suffers minus 2 move, uh, movement stat this turn. So not inches. Minus 2 to their move stat this turn. If the enemy fails to charge this turn, it becomes vulnerable. Uh, or, at the start of the turn, choose one. Either draw a taxes card, uh, so in case, like, Oberyn's dead, you know, you don't have a dead card. Or if Oberon's unit is engaged, search your tax deck or discard pile for one commander tax card and add it to your hand, which is huge because Intercept Orders is awesome. And so you can go tutor straight for the Intercept Orders with uh, Vipers Infamy. But this card was key to me winning one of my matches on uh, Saturday uh, against um, one of our locals who's really good. He... uh he was also playing Martel's, and he was going to charge, charge me on a 2-up over a Bog. And then he activates. I play this card. Obviously, he can cha- change his mind, but he decides to do it anyways. But now he needed a 4-up. He rolls a 3, fails the charge, becomes vulnerable, and then three of my units all just jump on his Royal Guard and kill him off. Um, it was a huge turning point in the game. Uh, Love this card. It has a lot of flexibility between just getting rid of it for a new card, uh, searching for something, or just making a charge really difficult. What are your thoughts on these two uh, card changes?
2: Uh, uh, I believe for Viper's Infamy, what changed is it used to only be the minus two move when charging Oberon, whereas now it's all the time minus two movement.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. It's a
2: good change. Um, I think both of his were kind of quality of life updates where you go, like you were saying, you can't proc your own card with the, I'm blanking on what the card's name is, the first card. Uh,
0: unexpected exhaustion. Yeah. You couldn't
2: proc it yourself, which kind of sucked, and now you can. So I feel like that's kind of like, it okay.
0: fell off so easy, too.
2: Yeah. Whereas now it's just, okay, it's a quality of life update. And obviously it'll work with his poison, his Manticore's Venom. Um, to just be like, oh, you activated and you have my poison vulnerable, because um, then you get two vulnerables at the same time, one from the card and one from the poison, I believe. So you would get an auto wound on, in addition to all the other effects. Uh, so it's nice. It procs itself now. Um, Viper's Infamy, like I said, it just it was a feels bad when it's like only when charging his unit. It's like that's. If they're not charging me, then this card's probably doing nothing. Um, so now it actually has an effect that feels better. Uh, and obviously, if you're in long range, just in long range of a like Calvary unit, dropping them down two inches for their free maneuver and their charge, or whatever else they're doing, could be a big deal. Uh, they're they're really good cards. Uh, Over and now, yep. in my opinion, possibly the best commander in Martel's. He he's got a lot going for him.
0: Yep. They gave him all three of his cards, got slight buffs. Uh slight to big buffs. And then uh, you know, he gained the precision. He's just overall he just keeps getting more better. Um all right, last thing, super simple we can cover, is uh Darkstar uh retinue. They just uh updated the overrun to say that it can march, uh rather than only have a charge option. So uh Yep, as to be expected, all the overruns changed to be the same. Uh, Alright, let's jump into, let's start with Free Folk. Um, into the NCUs. Mance Raider, 4-point NCU, uh, not the 5-point version. He has his influence. The only difference now is, not only is it every time they're targeted by the tactic Zone they get to draw a card, but uh, also when that unit activates. Now remember, this can be put on either an enemy or a friendly combat unit. So if the enemy is targeted in any way, you know, you could zap them, draw a card, you could letters, place a token on them, draw a card, um, or they could do a maneuver, free attack, etc. Um, overall, I'd say uh, excellent with Lady Val. Oh yeah. Um Overall, good change. Um, I, I guess I, I think it was sort of needed. Um, just a, uh, as you know, kind of you said uh, with the last thing, uh, a quality of life update uh, upgrade. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I really liked it. I would occasionally put him in my list anyway for free folk, just because, especially with Lady Val, if I was already taking her, because it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna proc and draw two cards. I don't really need to take the mail ever now because I'm already drawing so many cards or if I'm burning through my cards quickly, I can still take the mail, but it didn't make me need to do that. Instead. I could just play the, you know, try to play the mission game, which free folk try to do anyway, and still be drawing cards to keep doing whatever I want.
0: So why, why would you draw two cards?
2: I'm saying like throughout the, 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 uh, round, because I'd probably do something else that would target as well. So I'd probably target oh, them twi- twice. Now instead, I'm probably going to draw two to three cards, because activate draw, at least one target draw. So yep. it's 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 a really nice change. Uh, I don't know how often you'll see it. I like it, but I don't know how powerful it is.
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's just uh it kind of just gives them a little extra nudge in the direction of making a little more competitive choice to some of the other options, but it just I think it also comes down to your val how much you value drawing cards uh some you know some people would say you know I draw plenty of cards as it is I don't need this, and that's fine. Other people want to you know really make sure they're drawing lots of cards and that's that's good too. All right, next up we have Craster. Uh, Still four points. Uh, All they changed with him, which I think was a very good change, is he can no longer use his heal on uh, uh, anything, but it can only be on infantry units. So no more healing giants, you know, two at the start of a turn with his once per game, and then claim his own, replace it, heal two, you know, because that's essentially eight wounds healed uh, for a giant. Um, again, I think it was a, a nice quality of life change.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. That's kind of all this was really about was he was kind of – he was also another NCU that I think was being overtaken by, you know, he was almost auto include to the point that the devs kind of had to do something with him, and this is just the direction they decided to go. Uh, I still think he'll be plenty – Still very good, and you'll see him, but it'll be in primarily infantry list now, which is fine
0: um all right, lady dalla. she changed to be only four points um not too familiar with what changed, if anything, on her though um, I don't think anything did okay, uh, I think a great change um I know initially I was like all for her for five points, but my uh um you know laughs of you know brain cells didn't realize that uh, the way she's worded you have to do what her card says you can't choose, but I think uh I think if you got to choose she's easily five points if uh because you don't get to choose, I think she's really fair at four points. What do you think uh yeah I'd agree um,
2: I also was just I feel like she really only has one really good ability, and that's uh, the money bag anyway. Um, getting a weaken from taking the crown, I mean, you really don't want the crown anyway unless it's the last zone available. So it's it's not that great. And her other ability, because you have to do it, kind of has its downsides as well, where you're just like, okay, but I want to draw cards, and I can't. Um
0: I think she'll pair well, I, well with I, Mance, though, I suppose.
2: Yes, she does pair well, actually, with Mance, because Mance will just keep, you know, will, will just draw cards for you anyway. But now you're investing two NCUs into trying to mitigate her weakness, basically, um, for that fact. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's fine. Uh, I, I still don't know if she can compete with the other best for uh, for Free Folk, but we'll see. It's a good change to start with and see how it goes.
0: I agree. All right, last up for the NCUs is Jon Snow. Um, This one, uh, again, I'll need your help with. uh, I know he has influence basically giving Iron Resolve.
2: Yes, they basically changed his influence. Uh, It used to be just plus one to morale. Now it's plus one to morale and minus one to panic damage.
0: All right, sounds good. Yeah, uh, I mean, that makes him, like, insanely good uh, at four points. The Southern Discipline for pulling out a uh, um, Coordination Tactics or Regroup and Reform on a whim from the deck or discard pile is really good. Um, Granted, it does have to be at the start of the round, so I do like that that little caveat uh, rather than, like, start a turn or something with, you know, some of these units that are already giving stalwart or um, really good. Uh, let's see. Uh important thing to note, though, oddly enough, so the plus one I know, so it is iron resolve, so it's only panic tests, not morale tests, so just keep okay. that in mind.
2: Uh, it's good. I mean, it adds a little more to them. I still think he's more of a fun NCU than a competitive NCU,
0: but he's
2: definitely fun and it it's going to help him be more, you know, more playable. So it's not a bad thing. Um, I think he, he can be good. I just don't think he's one of the tops. He, like I, I don't see him really competitively because there's so much stall worth in the faction and iron resolve that they really don't need it. You know, his influence, his once per game is good too, but, They they don't need his influence, which is partially what you're going to be bringing him for.
0: Yep. All right, next up we have Mance Raider Commander Attachment. Uh, They removed the King is Dead. Uh, uh, Did they add something?
2: I don't think they
0: did. So I thought anything, but the way the card looks, I don't know where the King is Dead would even fit on the card. Uh, But um anyway, so he just has the counter strategy, boasters charisma and uh inspiring presence. Um, I think he he did take the hit to I think uh yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute to his predictable maneuvers. Um, overall, extremely strong commander I think still. Um but def I don't know. Uh the the name the King Is Dead didn't make sense to me, but you know, he was so strong before that I was okay with the extra victory points. <laughs> then again, you know, I I guess I would love to see the game just get away from these extra ways to get victory points outside of just the base mission.
2: Yeah, it always felt weird that he gained that as a, like a punishment for how good he had been for so long. Because um, that's the only way I could view it is he got punished for it. Um, It it was kind of weird that he got that. Uh, Yet Joffrey and Queen of Marine and all these other kings and queens don't have it. And, you know, (laughs) someone like Joffrey, who's actually on the throne, doesn't have it. Uh, So it's just kind of weird. But uh, that's fine Uh, because of the change to Tatis card when we get to it in a minute. It's kind of necessary. You had to buff. You you had to give him something back to uh, make up for the change that they did. Um it's fine. He's he's good. His his attachments are really good now, again.
0: Yep. And, you know, it's kind of hit or miss, but Bosterous Charisma can be insanely good. Just depends on what kind of stuff they have, whether or not it actually targets. You know, you gotta kinda sort through that hair of a mess, um of figuring out what is actually targeting him. But there are a lot of things that do target and Bosterous charisma being innate and stopping all that stuff is just really strong. Um, you know, combined with counter strategy, really strong. Inspiring inspiring presence, really strong. And then uh before I jump into like the attachments cuz he's the only commander change, uh we'll just I'll jump into his card Predictable Maneuvers, we talked about this before, but in case you didn't listen to the Lannister episode, Predictable Maneuvers is now start of the first enemy turn in a round. Uh, So it's not start of the round in case, like, you're going first. It would be uh, just the very first turn your opponent is about to take. You would then target one enemy combat unit and one enemy NCU. If either unit performs an action this turn before they resolve that action, one friendly combat unit performs one attack, maneuver, or retreat action. Uh, I like it. I think it's they found a way to word it to work the way I think they intended it. What do you think?
2: Uh, I'd agree this might have been how they intended it, but the card is now so much weaker than it used to be. that it's, it, you'll still try to use it just to try and limit what your opponent's doing with their first action, but I still don't think it's very good, <laughs> um, it, it, because your opponent will just go, do I have to do an action with those two things right now? Or they can even just go, oh, you had to pick one NCU. Well, I have more than one, so I'll just take the other NCU, unless that one NCU had to go on the board first. Um which most of the time you can get around that pretty easily. Like you you don't have to have a specific NCU go first. You just want to have one go first um, for like minor benefits or as a deterrent for, you know, if it's a defensive ability or something. So I I just see you're going to try and make it work uh, for free folk players and Lannister players. But it's often not gonna do anything this card is just changing what the order that your opponent's
0: gonna activate their stuff in yep uh I mean time will tell how strong this card is, whether or not it's like garbage or just you know not good uh I have a feeling that most of the time it's just gonna be uh just okay um I don't think it's that bad because uh, sometimes you're your opponent really does need to do you know if you play it on a certain round, we'll say uh, like three or four um, sometimes even five, there's a very particular um, order that things need to kind of be done in, and this will disrupt that uh, but unless you're finding those exact moments it's it's not gonna feel like it has that much impact. uh I could see. Maybe if this card selected two NCU, or let's say even just two NCUs and or units. So you don't have to pick one NCU and one unit. You could pick two units or two NCUs. Uh, now it really hurts like two NCU builds because now either one they pick is going to trigger this card. Um, then again, let's say you don't care about the tactics board. And you're really worried about two different units that are in really bad, uh, positioning, then you can select both of those. Um, I don't know. Just kind of spitballing, but. So um, next up we have Overrun, uh, Tactics Card by Mag the Mighty. Again, just changing the, the wording to add that March action if you, uh, don't want to do the charge action after, uh, killing a unit. Alright, next up. We'll talk about oh you know, so I guess we do have one more commander attachment uh that changed and that's Tormund. Again, just change overrun to the same thing I just talked about before. Alright, we have two attachment changes. Uh first one, um, another simple one. The Great Walrus, one point attachment changes battle scars to be in line with all the other battle scars. Um, uh let's see. Again, amazing for one point, in my opinion. Uh, I know, Spence, you're a little less toned down on it uh, than I am, but I think you're still mostly in the same category as me, that this is a great ability now, A less reliant on needing to put it in a unit that, you know, needs to somehow survive a bunch of hits to get usefulness out of it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm not as high on it as you are, but I do recognize it's a good ability now. It's no longer a really bad ability. Um it's good. It's it's useful. Uh for one point in free folk, I mean maybe in Raiders for free, if you don't wanna, you know, take another attachment we're gonna be talking about in a second. Um that changed.
0: But it's
2: it's good. I like it. It's it's a good ability now.
0: Um, yeah, and I think especially in Free Folk, got the the best benefit out of this guy simply because there was no, like, great option to put Battle Scars in a Free Folk list, in my opinion. You know, things just kind of died a little too quickly to ever really gain enough tokens to make the usefulness out of the Battle Scars. But now with the way that it works, I feel like, you know, Free Folk can take advantage of it, uh, you know, um, I don't know, maybe not, maybe just as much um but we'll see uh, I like the change all right, last change for the attachments is the skin changer. This is probably the number one that uh that, uh change at least that I have heard people talking about, and that's that it went from two points to one point. And nothing else changed. Still has the stalwart for two, plus two morale and the bonded skin changer, which at the start of a round, select the bear, eagle, or wolf. And you see those unit cards for their additional effects. Uh, way too good. This is way too good for one point. Sorry. It's just, it's bonkers. Um, I think even just stalwart for one point in this faction would arguably be too good. Um, I know. You have talked about this quite a bit lately. You know, morale is supposed to be Free Folk's weakness. Why are we giving Free Folk Mance Raider with Inspiring Presence and then one-point attachments in a faction that has raiders who can take one-point attachments for free to basically negate the morale? Like, I don't know. Do love the fact that the Skin Changer, which was basically never taken, we'll see a little play for a little while uh that is the i'll take the one bright side of it but i don't know uh way too good in my opinion what do you think of this change here
2: yeah way too good um that about describes it this is this is <laughs> something that i think needs to get nerfed immediately in the next one now i don't know maybe this was a change to get it play while they try to find a better solution maybe they were just kind of doing a quick change um that that i could consider um But this is too good, and it should have been obviously too good and probably should have never even made it this far (laughs) to actually being in the game. But here we are, and unfortunately, I think it's going to dominate pretty much all of their attachment building now for Raiders. Raiders are just going to always take a skin changer for free, stay at four points, and have good morale now.
0: Yep. Um, Because, I mean, this is where you know, because uh, they somehow do, uh, the Raiders do fail that 5-up morale with the Skin Changer, Uh, they do still have the plus 1 when taking damage, but that's where I think Jon Snow kind of even comes in, and you go, okay, boom, 4-up morale, and if I fail, I'm taking base damage. And, uh, you know, I don't know. The bonded Skin Changer effects are already, like, pretty good, if you know how to use them. But, I don't know, not to go too far with the changes. Let's say in the next update they find that this is just way too strong and they need to tone it down. I hope that they don't go too far because I do want to see this guy C play. Um, I would almost even say, I don't know, come up with a new keyword like stalwart, where it just gives one extra morale. You know, like, I don't know, just another word that's just like this unit gains plus one morale test rolls. Um, Because then, plus one morale test rolls and bonded skin changer for one point, I'd still argue that's a little too good, but it's a start. And then you can evaluate from there, and then maybe just remove something or change it to something else. I don't know. But as it is, way too good. As you were saying, it's going to dominate all the slots for attachments, and I can attest to that personally, because... And pretty much all of my Free Folk lists I've been making lately that I'll probably never play for a long time <laughs> um, just because they're kind of low on my uh, priority list since I've already gotten uh, first with them at an event. Anyways, long rant short, a lot of my lists are basically just like skin skin changer, skin changer, no more attachments, or like a ton of, ton of skin changers everywhere. Like, you know, every other faction that doesn't even necessarily need morale buffs would kill for this attachment and it's placed in the in the faction that should not be getting cheap morale buffs in my opinion all right uh on to the units we have uh or I'll jump a little past and go to Vermeer commander he has now been changed from free to 2 points to take his is almost exactly in the right direction that I had suggested long ago. Uh, you can, I don't know, couldn't tell you what episode, but I I said uh I'll add in all of it and there is I think Magda Mighty should be 9 points and then you make him 7 points for the commander. You get a 2 point discount because most commanders, not all, some are pretty uh, more than 2 points worth, but Most commanders are about two points worth of uh, abilities. And then Varamyr, I think Varamyr should be four points for his non-commander. And then you make his commander two points. Again, a two-point discount. So we're there, almost there with the Varamyr, and almost there with the Mag, because Mag's already nine for his regular, um, but five for his commander. I think his commander should be seven. Uh, someone might argue that his tactics deck isn't good enough, but Mag is just that amazing. And they keep getting more buffs, or not buffs, but more unit options. And then Varamir, he's halfway there too. He's two points now for his commander, but I think his, his regular, uh, um, unit should be four points, not three. What's your thought on that?
2: Yeah, I would say the same thing. Uh, I was in the same boat where I thought yeah these commanders probably should just be a two-point discount because that's roughly what you get um i'm just surprised because i feel like it wasn't commander Veramir that was causing problems it was more the just solo Veramir that was causing a problem and that one didn't increase so that just felt weird to me um but okay uh that's the direction they want to go
0: sure uh
2: it's fine. I I don't think this drastically changes if you're taking Verimir Commander. Like, okay, I I take maybe one of my less pets or something instead, or probably do keep the pets because it's Commander and he has cards for them. Uh, yeah, it it just does a slight change in list building.
0: Yep. Um. All right. Next up is uh, let's do Spearwives. So Spearwives are now, um. Let's see. A six move, I believe, is all that changed on these. Uh, their attack dice went up to seven in melee. Did it? What was it before? Six.
2: It was six six four. It was... Now it's seven seven four.
0: Oh okay. So uh, very good unit now. Uh, I mean, it was already good. I'm not going to pretend like it was trash or anything. It was a good unit before. I think it just wasn't seeing play. So they. That's probably my, my thought of why they got the change. Personally, I think this might be too good, though. You're looking at a unit that, um a little less survivable than um, uh, Bastard's Girls, but could arguably put out a lot more damage for two less points. Because they move just as fast as them. Their range... Now, granted, their range is short. Bastard's Girls have the long, but... Um, When you're Free Folk, you don't necessarily need that long range. You've got all these other units and these other key pieces that you can kind of set up that uh, uh, short-range charging volley a bit better than you could with Bastard's Girls. But charging volley with uh, their profile at 5 points and Furious Charge, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're going to see them with Tormund Commander a
2: lot because he adds Sundering and Overrun, and this is a unit that could blow up a unit and then Overrun into something else. Um, and they have Furious Charge, so it's like, okay, I Overrun into something else, and it becomes vulnerable with seven dice, Thundering. It It's going to be a pretty strong combo to see. Um, I also didn't think that they needed a change. I thought they were perfectly fine as they were. I would run them in my list pretty often, though admittedly I'm not a competitive free folk player. So it's not like, oh, I was running the best. No, I ran stuff because I liked it. Um, So we'll see how that works out. Um, I I definitely do think you'll see it. I could argue they're actually slightly as, or just as good as Bastard Drills because they have five-up armor versus a six-up for Bastard Drills. I mean, their morale is too worse, but that's kind of about what the trade-off normally is anyway. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out, but... It could end up being good, or really good. Um,
0: time will tell. Yep, and then uh, one uh, good, uh, you know, I say good combo, but I mean, it's pretty much going to be a good combo because of how good the attachment is. But even a skin changer in in here, um, because, uh, you know, you can select, what is it? Let me just make sure I'm not, like, mentioning something that wouldn't be...
2: I mean, you can Good. get shifts, you can get reroll charges, or you can get the bear for mm-hmm. uh, one extra attack that ignores armor.
0: Uh, let's see. So, the bonded bear is if this unit was selected when its bonded skin, cha- skin changer activates, to play it engaged in the front or flank of one enemy engaged in the skin change, uh, engaging the skin changer it then performs one melee. So I guess it wouldn't be that great because uh, you wouldn't be able to really get to do it on the charging volley turn. Um, But then again, you know, for six points, you are now the same morale as the Bastard's Girls. And so now your only real difference is the fact that the Bastard's Girls are hitting on threes for their shot and their melee, but they have one less uh, armor. Uh, They don't have the cool and change your ability. They don't have that... I mean, I guess they sort of have Furious Charge in the sense that when they shoot, they become vulnerable, and they have the Charging Volley, but they have the Vicious. I don't know. Uh, Again, uh, I mean, kind of like you uh, said. We'll we'll see. In that
2: scenario, though, the the Bastard or the the, uh, Spearwise would have plus one armor and plus one die in melee for first and second rank, so I mean... There's trade-offs, but I think you could compare that pretty well.
0: The Frozen Shore Hunters. um, This one, I'll have to look up. Let's see. Their melee attack dice increased from 6.54 to 6.64. Range attack dice value increased from 6.54 to 6.64. And changes to harpoon. They did not say what, though. So they
2: added... Go ahead. A, if the defender suffers any wounds from this attack, and it's ranged or melee, by the way, until the end of the round, they suffer minus one move. And if they charge, they are they suffer a disorderly charge. So it's not even a like one, two, or three like superior positioning. It's just you are disorderly and have minus one move if you suffer any wounds from their ranged or melee attack, and you become weakened still. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty nice combo, honestly. Goofy. Uh, again, I feel like I... I think that would be another unit that'd be really good with a skin changer to make their morale better and give them like movement tricks.
0: Yep. Uh, cuz if they move and then you you have the eagle on there, I think it's the eagle. Uh yeah. you could then shift up the 3 and then you could um ship be in shot range or target range and whatever. then shoot. Yep. Or even shift up the 3 to get yourself uh within that marked target. Mhm. Uh Lots of uh, things you could do with the Skin Changer in a lot of these units. Um, another silly thing I want to point out, I think I pointed out in another show, and I could be wrong, but uh, when I was painting these guys, I didn't, like, fully paint them. I primed them and then threw some uh, wash on them. Pretty sure these guys have nothing on their feet. These guys are, like, bundled up with mittens, but they have bare feet, like...
2: Hey, they're from the frozen shore. They don't need to feel
0: their feet. They, they wouldn't because they wouldn't have feet. <laughs> they would fall off. Literally, they would fall off. Um, anyway, so uh, overall, great unit. Uh, I think they were already good as it was, but now I think you're going to see them in a lot more lists. All right, let's jump over to... We have two more units. The next one is the Frozen Shore Bear Riders. If I'm not mistaken, the only change here was they got plus one to their morale. They are now a four-up defense, five-up morale. Um, I think it's a nice change. Uh, Every time I play these guys, uh, they die before I ever get to really do anything with them. It's very frustrating. Um, Then again... Whenever I play against them, they feel very strong. So I don't know what it is. Maybe I just need more practice with these bears that I love so much. What do you think of this unit? On paper, this
2: unit should be super tanky, being 16 wounds with a 4-up, 5-up. I think their issue is just that they're kind of slow. Like They almost need Yigret or a Lady Val in the list, if not both. To make them fast enough to keep up with other, you know, with the other options uh, that other armies have at eight points with their cavalry.
0: Um, I mean, you could really surprise someone though with this unit. You can take both of them. You take uh, the maneuver with Egret, add it to them, get a free five. And then at mm-hmm. some point later in the round, you take a zone with uh, Lady Val, give them another five. And then when they mm-hmm. activate they get another five. They've now gone yep. fifteen inches. And, and they'll have still a shot or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. They
2: they could be scary. Um they could be, but I do think you are kind of pigeonholed into needing either or both Lady Val and Yeager. Um that's yeah. kind of their issue, in my opinion. Is they're slow, but the damage potential and durability are there now. I, I do think that plus one morale will make a difference with them. I still just don't know how much you're going to see them because Free Folk generally are like, well, I could have two Raider units for that cost. Um, that That's the issue with the Free Folk options is once you get to the eight points, uh, it has to be very, very valuable because you could get two units for that cost. And mm-hmm. honestly, if you activate your opponent by more than one, the pass tokens aren't going to really do much anymore because you're already out activating them so much that it's not—it's it, minor health at that point. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, I like it. I plan to play with them whenever I play with Free Folk, which isn't that often, but I, I want to play with them and have fun with them. I, I do think they're a really fun unit now. That could be scary. Uh, we'll see.
0: All right. Last up, we have Brock Spore. So Barack was already taken. So at two points, because he's really good, he gets he gives the hidden traps and the stalwart for two points. Um, both point uh, each ability easily worth a point, and that's why he was taken at two points. Especially in a raider unit, you know you get the one point reduction. Great value because now you can run raiders instead of trappers. You know you could run like one trapper and then a raider with Brock uh gr uh granted you're paying one extra point to do that, but a lot of times it'll be a lot more beneficial than just running two trappers. Anyways, with that said, the problem wasn't Barack. He was taken all the time. The problem was his boar at two points was never seen ever. And unfortunately, uh Mickey on Turning Grounds makes a very great point that even at zero points, depending on the level of play I'll add this caveat. This is what um, Mickey said. But I'll add this caveat that, you know, Mickey men- mentions that um, it really depends on what you're facing. If if you're going to be tied in activations normally without the boar, adding the boar for free just to give pass tokens against like a mirror match free folk, and, and I say higher competitive play because a lot of times if you're playing a smaller event, you really don't have to worry about that matchup. And that's my little caveat I'll add, add in there. But, Nikki has a great point that why take this boar for free that will do, in a lot of cases, very little to just give your opponent pass tokens to help fight um, the activation advantage, or the, the even activa- uh, activation advantage. Um, or you know Because the boar will either prevent you from getting pa- or your opponent from getting pass tokens or give your I don't know what I'm saying um it will either put you up to the exact same to where now you don't get pass tokens or if you run him you're going to give pass tokens or you're going to and so there's very there's a lot of situations at higher level play where you're going to play with a lot of people where there's a lot more higher chance that you're going to have a bunch of free folk player and, you know, at least one of your rounds is going to make a difference. Um, but with that said, outside of the huge tournament, I think it's a great change. Zero points, I think, is fair in the sense that he does count as an activation. I think that's kind of his downside. He only has three wounds at a four-up. He's very uh easily killed. Um, with that rant aside, what are your thoughts on the boar here?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I like the change. I don't like that they didn't do anything to Baroque himself to try and weaken him because he already was taken so much. Um, he, he already was so frequent of a, of a choice because again, another stalwart uh, attachment that the free folk <laughs> yep. didn't need. Um, so I, I'm a little annoyed that nothing changed to Broke, but on the whole, I understand that there's pros and cons to taking the boar, so I, I kind of get why they needed to make the boar free and to, you know, have the boar actually get on the field, which I'm sure they wanted to have happen anyway. Uh, what's the point of making a model if it never sees play? Um, so I, I, I get it. I'm not entirely happy that nothing happened with Baroque, though.
0: Yep. Uh, I agree, Um, uh, but overall, if we just take Baroque out of it, um, the boar, I think, is fair at zero points. It's fair in the sense that you actually have to think, do I take this or not, you know, because even though it is free, you would think, oh, yeah, I should take this, but it's not a wolf. It's not um, freedmen. It's not, uh, it's it's an active or it's not an activation that counts as a combat unit for determining pass tokens and that can be a big deal. Now, I will say smaller events from my experience, uh there's a lot of people that are not good with using their pass tokens or they forget about them altogether. In those scenarios, then I would run the board every single time cuz I'm not worried about the off chance of facing a Free Folk player that also has the uh, roughly the same activations as me
2: that is also
0: going to be able to properly use uh, pass tokens. Now at higher level events where your chances of facing another Free Folk player is high and that Free Folk player is probably going to be good and have a really good list and know how to use pass tokens then I'm probably not wanting to run this board. But, all right, let's jump right into the next faction then. Uh, and that is the last faction, which is Starks. And I'm going the wrong way. Um, all right, last thing. We still got plenty of time, which is good, but we're still going to try to fire these off. Last thing I want to do is somehow fall behind. Uh, and then if I'm if we're lucky and we have a couple extra minutes, I uh, want to shout out uh, Adepticon. All right, so first change is to Roger Cassell. Uh, He is still four points. Um, They reworked him. Uh, A little disappointed with the rework. Uh, I'm actually trying to think about it. We didn't talk about Starks, right? Or did we?
2: Not that I know of. I don't think we talked about Starks.
0: Now I'm like... Okay. Um, oh, I feel like we did, but maybe not. Um, all right. So uh, I'm probably thinking of just us talking in person or something. Um, all right. Roger Cassell. He got reworked. Uh, he still has the, the part where if you each time he claims the sword, you can target an enemy uh, and they become vulnerable. Uh, but now he has, Roderick begins the game with two order tokens on him. Each time a friendly combat unit is performing a melee attack after rolling attack dice, you may remove one order token from Roderick. If you do, the attacker may re-roll any attack dice. Um, he's okay. Uh, I think he was better before. He had a lot more of a niche roll. Um, but now, I mean, re-rolls, there's tons of things that could give you rerolls uh you know even even outside of charges uh the new battle scars um, what's his name uh Jojin not that he's like amazing or anything uh a sworn sword captain with the um martial training there's just so many things that give rerolls and he only gets two order tokens so I'm not super impressed with Roderick. I will probably take him much, much, much less than I used to. What do you think about Roderick?
2: Um, So I have mixed feelings because I I agree that he had a niche role before. But I think now he has a niche role as well. And I'm thinking specifically for the big boogeyman of the faction, which is Lance Cav with the Tully Cav. Because you go, okay, now with this guy, I'm not scared to go over terrain that's going to stop my rerolls. I just care about getting the charge because this guy will just give me the rerolls. Um, so that's more of the thought process I had. Uh, I'd also have to look. Sorry, I haven't pulled up his card. Can he also affect range units? Or is it uh, melee?
0: Melee attack.
2: Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm more thinking for the Lance Cat uh, for me. Um, I can go over anything and not care because, oh, I I don't want to go over dangerous still. But I can go over anything that's going to do uh, stop my rerolls, and I don't care because this guy will use, I'll use one of his tokens to do it. So I can do the big aggressive hit that Starks are trying to do anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Um, I think that'd be the, uh, well, I'll say Reavers uh, and Tully Kev the only things i can really think of where, you know because they're cavalry and there's nothing that i can think of that will let you attach to the cavalry to then get the rerolls like you could the sworn sword captain etc i could see that like if you really want to you know make sure that they can't um stop your rerolls from terrain um that said uh me personally i'm not like a huge cavalry person uh so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd still like to try him out, you know, before I make any final judgments, but that's just my initial thoughts. All right. Holland Reed. Very disappointed in his change. He got reduced to four points, but with a uh, with a nerf. Um, so before, you know, he got to influence and stay influenced and give a minus one to hit. Uh for all attacks. Now it's when influencing an enemy unit, they treat all terrain as having the hindering keyword. While influencing an enemy unit, when that unit performs a melee attack, before resolving that attack, you may remove this card from that unit. If you do, that attack suffers minus one to hit. Pay uh, hey, one more point to be what he used to be. <laughs> um, I Again, for me, personally, I will use him a lot less uh now yeah. than um than before, but that's just me um what about you? Do you have a different take?
2: uh, yeah, I think he's he was having trouble finding his way into list f i points, so they had to make some sort of change to make him easier to play, and I do think they accomplished that. This is something that I think you'll see more often than you may have seen before. Um, which is probably their intent in my opinion. So I like it. Uh, I know it only works on one attack now, but I mean, by the time you play him, most time people are only going to get one more attack that round anyway. So it's not,
0: you know, he didn't lose a whole lot of value in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, I don't know. I I guess the more I look at it, the more I might uh, be more inclined to, uh, um, I don't know. I just wish because it says treat all terrain as hindering. Um, I don't know. I I would love it more if it was just like they're always under uh, influenced under the hindering keyword while being influenced or something. I mean, um,
2: I I would have preferred rough just so that early game you could actually use it and be like, okay, you're minus one move if you try to go through that tree or anything like that, like. That would have been, I think, more useful than the hindering. But the minus one to hit, I I think, is about what it was going to be anyway. Like, you often don't stop, you know, slow down more than one attack anyway before when he was five points.
0: Yeah, but my big thing with him before was I'd put him on ranged units to make their ranged attacks. But now you can't even do that. Um, I mean,
2: I I think that's fine.
0: Overall, I'd gladly take his five-pointer back. But that's me. Uh, Definitely, again, like Roderick, I'm going to try him out. um, But he's probably going to see a lot less play uh, on on my end. All right. Commanders. uh, Both changes were just to the Battle Scars and Overrun. So Great John Umber, his Overrun was changed to be the updated one with the March. And Mage Mormont, her Battle Scars got changed to the updated one. Uh, Both great changes. Uh, I think Mage comes out on top with the change, not in the sense that she's a better commander, but um, the overrun change is just really nice. The battle scars change went from her being easily the worst commander in my opinion in the faction to now. I don't being, think there's
2: an opinion to that. That was that. But that was a fact.
0: Yeah, and now I would put her like right in the middle of the pack. What are agree. your thoughts on these two?
2: I, I'd agree. Okay. I would say she she didn't jump up to be an an amazing commander, uh, but she jumped up to be a viable commander. Where you're like, okay, I don't feel like I'm being hindered by how bad her attachment is anymore. Um, yeah, which is a big deal. Uh, so yeah, uh, I like it. It'll it makes her more playable. Uh, the overrun change is you know universal. So I mean, so is Battle scars, but. I don't feel like the change to Overrun drastically changes how good Overrun was. If you got to use Overrun, it's a great. Um, And it still will be great with the new option uh, because you can trigger it more often now by having another option. Um, Change to Battle Scars fundamentally changed what that ability was doing and how useful it was. Um, So good changes for her. She'll actually see some play now, whereas before I felt like her attachment straight up helped her back from being played.
0: Yep. And to kind of segue, I'm going to skip over because the Karstark units are next, but I'm going to skip over to the House Mormont units. Um, so I think, you know, she she works really well with uh, the next changes to the House Mormont bruisers. Um, I can't remember what changed for them. Let me. They
2: had Counter-Strike, and now they have Disrupt instead.
0: Oh, yep. Was that the only change? The uh, Bruisers, Disrupt, Removed, uh, or Added, Disrupt, Remove, Counter-Strike. Uh, it looks like that was the only change. Um, overall, I love that change. Uh, I think it it's way, way more useful. Um, you know, you put Mage in here, uh, help them keep, uh, stay alive a bit longer, not because of Mage, but because of that Disrupt. That 5-Up, 6-Up doesn't feel so bad anymore. And then she complements with the uh, you know with only overlapping one ability and that's the reroll attack dice. Um and I'm fine with that. I don't know about you. I think uh overlapping only one and having all those other abilities stack is really nice.
2: Yeah, I like this change overall too. Uh I know there's been some complaints that it's not a good change. I would disagree. I think this change is actually perfectly fine to them. It makes them more useful, and they will overlap. You know, the one overlap with Major Mormont is not a big deal in my opinion, either. Uh, I'm in the same boat. Uh, so it's it it's good. I think they're now more useful as a support unit, which Counter Strike just struggled to work with because you weren't putting out weekends or anything to try and increase the amount of them, and they weren't very durable. So once they, you know, they would take lots of damage pretty easily. Now with minus one to hit, they're harder to hurt in the first place. Whereas Counter Strike yep. just it, it was a nice little niche thing that wasn't working on them.
0: I agree. And I think uh the disrupt opens up a lot more good combos. Um like uh I mean you know, even putting uh Cereal Pharrell in here with the agile, um, putting Roderick in here because he has that card that will give additional minus and then hit back superiority. for, yep, that card. Um, and Holland. Again, even well, Holland, doesn't, doesn't he already have Disrupt? No. Uh, no, I'm
2: saying the Holland NCU uh, we just talked about.
0: Oh, yes, okay. yes. Um, Uh Or even, what was the other one? Uh, doesn't um, Rickon and Osha now uh, combo with this unit really well? Because she gives Counter-Strike, right?
2: Yes, she does. So you could get them Counter-Strike right back with that uh, for one point and increase yep. their morale and sovereign intensity.
0: Yep. Uh, so I think uh, a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot, a handful of people that I've seen weren't super happy or thought this change wasn't all that great. It was just whatever change. Personally, I think not only are they better standalone with the disrupt, but opens up a lot more avenues for... Uh, attachment combinations making this unit a lot more desirable at six points bears. Uh so um their change I have it right here. Uh value increased from seven five four to seven six five. Uh really good change. Um you know not a ton of units. It's not super rare, but not a ton of units have five dice at last rank and only degrade one dice at each rank. Um, Generally, there's at least one in there, one uh, rank where you'll drop two. Uh, She Bears, you know, they took kind of a little bit of a hit with that Warcry nerf back in either one change or two changes ago. Um, But I think uh, this puts them right back um, to the level they were. What, uh, what do you think?
2: I think this is such a minor change that it didn't really even change the unit. Um, you don't want to be on last rank anyway, so... Cause this unit's I mean, not they sort of do. Not really, though, because they're not very survivable. So five dice hitting on twos with critical blow isn't really changing how the unit's going to function, in my opinion.
0: Um but I guess what I mean, so, though, like it, it makes putting mage in there real good too, because at last rank, you, uh, you're gonna be hitting on twos with seven dice with rerolls, critical blow, vicious. Um, so I think standalone, it's not all that. I think so. I agree with you in the sense that um, it's not that big of a deal of a change if we're just talking in a vacuum no attachments or anything you're really not going to see like a huge difference in this unit but i think uh i don't know i like the idea of you know some of those things you can put them now and they're a little more effective uh when they're about to die
2: i guess i could see that but i still um, don't think they're they're definitely not a Take with any you know anybody. You're gonna have to have plans for them. They're they're not just a yeah. generically good unit.
0: I agree. Uh, all right, let's jump back over to the car because I want to leave Umber for last. Um, so the first car Star we'll talk about is the Spearman. Um, what did change for them?
2: They're down to five points now. That was their oh name. yep.
0: I guess that would help to, to look over at the points. Um, yes, I remember that now. i was sitting here looking at the stats. Stats, if I recall, everything for the stats are all the same. They are now five points which um, most of everyone listening knows that that's a huge deal uh, uh, but for those that don't you have to think one point in this game is a big deal. A one point change with nothing changed on the stats is huge. I mean, that's... Uh, You know, I'm really bad at mathing, but, you know, one point out of six is, uh, what is that, like 18% or something? Something
2: like that. I think it comes out to like 17.5 or 16.5 or something.
0: Anyways, I'm really bad at math, but it's somewhere around there. You know, that's that much of a boost they got. You could also look at it this way. You can now add a one-point attachment of your choice. To put them back to what they were, but also have the cool abilities of whatever attachment you're putting in
2: sword so sword captain Yep.
0: Yeah. what do you think? I know you you kind of like these guys uh, a lot more than probably most people, well, even before. specifically,
2: I like them with the old car Stark, and we'll get to that. that got changed, so Car Stark's not as good as he used to be in my opinion, um just in general I, I don't think a whole lot changed for him, but because other commanders got better and other attachment or other options got better, I think Karstarks by default got worse out of that. Um, so we'll we'll see, um, but yeah, this going to five points I think puts it in a really weird spot. And the reason why I say that is I go you got sworn swords and uh, you already had the Karstark, uh, the other Karstark unit so already. Loyal. Yeah, the loyalists. We're already at five points, and we'll get to the loyalists in a minute because they got they got major change. They got a full rework. Um, but it, it just to me it put them in a weird spot because you go well if you're going defensive, you're gonna take the car uh, these the car Stark spearmen like they're clearly the defensive option out of out of the three, and if you go offensive, I still kind of go even once we get there, it's still in my opinion the swarm swords it's not so i mean we're not there yet but it's it's just kind of weird to me um i feel like they should have tried to make it work as a six point unit and maybe made adjustments to it from there uh but that's not the direction they went uh i think you will see this unit now because before you probably didn't see this unit so you might (laughs) those listening might not even know what this unit is (laughs) because it was (laughs) never taken uh, I didn't mind it before. Uh, nothing's changed, obviously, with it other than dropping a point, which is amazing. So I still think it's good. I think it's just going to be in an odd spot for decision-making for your five-point units for Starks now.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it also opens up uh, an, a bigger avenue for exploring a car, an all-car Stark list. You know, if you were running two of these units, let's say, you now have two points freed up, or let's say you only ran one because they were six points, now you might not feel bad running two of these and two loyalists and only be at 20 points. And, you know, I do like them at five points because them, can, uh, they're the best way to put it is they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. The rock being, you know, the six-pointer lineup and the hard place being the five-point lineup. So, uh, and to be honest, I think they actually have a better chance in the five-point lineup just because of how good, in my opinion, uh, bruisers and berserkers are now, uh, and some even just some of the neutral six-pointers, um, opposed to like the neutral five-pointers. But I don't know. That's I think that's... I would not uh anyone who disagreed and saw it the opposite, the five pointer being the harder uh sell. I I definitely see it. I think it's that close. Anyways, well, I like my five pointer. I think points. the harder
2: sell is gonna be for the other car shark unit and that's where the problem's gonna come in. I think this is directly gonna hurt the other car shark unit, the loyalist.
0: Yeah, you think so? Um yeah, we'll jump right into them now then. Uh, so they got a complete rework. Um, they are still the same uh, stats on the left. It's just their abilities on the right that changed. They now have Furious Assault. So enemies successfully charged by this unit are panicked. Their flail gives Vicious and Unleashed Ferocity. Each time this unit performs a melee attack before rolling attack dice, target the defender. For each of this unit's destroyed ranks, the defender becomes panicked or vulnerable. Um, I like the idea. I really do. I think uh, I am... I really did not like their previous version at all. Um, I talked about it at length on many episodes that I thought... Unless you're running Karstark, and even then, it wasn't like super like obvious to take these guys. In my opinion, um, it was always sworn swords over them, no matter what. Like I just thought they were just simply better in every way. Um, but now I think uh, if you want to go more of a panic route, like with the vicious and whatnot, I I see myself taking these guys a lot more than I used to. But I still say I would. I'd run Sworn Swords. Uh, they did not get enough of a change that I'm like, that, and I've never been like a huge panic style list. So seeing the seeing all these panic based things, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, awesome, now I can build panic in Starks. I'm just like, this is kind of cool. I might try it out here and there, but uh, when, when defaulting, like in bigger events or whatnot, it's going to be Sworn Swords.
2: yeah so I actually was a big fan of the car Stark loyalist before I like the precision and boldness and courage or not boldness courage sorry, perseverance and valor um I like that little aspect to it uh I thought precision was a keyword that i mean the faction can get with like the bruisers but it was a it was a keyword that they struggled to get a hold of and it kind of gave them a little niche in my opinion um, uh, i Opponents were often surprised by me when I would charge them into something with like shield wall, and I'd just be like, yeah, I'm just fishing for sixes to just go straight through your shield wall. And the the perseverance and valor isn't—it's it, not great. I mean, as a Renly, you know, someone who plays with Renly, it's not great when you have nothing else to combo with, like the the Rose Knight's Deadly Bloom to do wounds back to you as well. Chip healing and the amount of times that I actually got to heal and get back up a rank from that heal actually is way more often than you would think. Um, so I, I found it as a valuable uh, a tool. Did it keep the unit like alive? Like, oh, by the end of the game, I've healed six times or something. Like, no, that probably didn't happen. It might only have been three to four. But it sometimes made a difference with how many dice I had. And I, I felt they had a nice little niche. Now, they're trying to be this panic theme which I think would have been fine if you did something similar with Spearman and with Richard or Rickard Karstark himself. But neither of them are really supporting a panic, you know, theme for this, which puts them in a just bad spot. Um, I I, I would go if I'm going panic, I'm probably just taking cutthroats for the same price. Um, So I, I feel like this was a very odd change to them. I don't know if it's bad. I just think they just didn't plan for any support for this option for Sarks to build a panic-based Stark list without Boltons being needed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I liked the old idea of, like, the healing. And I know you can't do get too crazy with healing on a five-point unit. But even if it was just something simple as, uh, um, right here. I don't know, like, Daunt, like, Dauntless, like, give them... Dauntless plus their Perseverance and Valor, uh, that way and it's only on a six morale unit, so the Dauntless is going to trigger over and over but, you know, now if you're saying, okay, I'm going to heal one when I attack you and then potentially one when you attack me, that's that's a bit different in my book. Like, that sort of a change would make them a lot more desirable to me even over Sworn Swords in some uh, scenarios um, now, even though I do say that I would run them more than they than before, it's only going to be again in in like niche panic lists or Karstark yeah. lists.
2: The one thought I did just have is actually this would be a good bunker for Roos Commander if you wanted to play that route because he would make them Bolton for his uh, fl- uh, fear keeps a man alive. And he would add Intimidating Presence to him and Spread Fear. It could work together because they can put out their own tokens once they have destroyed ranks. Maybe. <laughs> but that's a very niche, specific option that I thought.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it'd definitely be interesting to try because uh, you are saving that one point rather than putting him in the Blackguard. That and, you know, you save yourself your six points in... Uh, in in neutrals, you know, if you wanted to put them elsewhere, like run flayed men or whatnot. Uh, so I could see that, especially if, like, you want to run flayed men over Tully uh, uh, Cavaliers. If you're, like, let's say you're running Roos with um, uh, a couple of starts then you could run the flayed men as your Cav choice. I could see something like that. All right, next up. I'm going to talk about the Stark Outriders. So the only thing that changed on them, they took away their, uh, swift, uh, is it swift retreat? Yep, swift retreat and added tactical reposition. Uh, this change I am very indifferent about. I don't know how to feel about it because both abilities are great. Um, I almost feel like the outriders lost their identity because I feel like the Swift Retreat was their identity. Um I loved them at six points. Uh but I n in the designer notes they're they were talking about, you know, that Tully Cavaliers kinda just outshined them way too much for a unit that still kinda wanted to get in there and then you know, retreat out once they got hit. Uh the tactical reposition, I don't know. Uh I from coming from a Martell perspective with uh the spearman having tactical reposition, it's a lot different because we're talking a five point unit. A five point unit that can sit on an objective that isn't meant to be running all over the place. Uh is a lot more useful to have that tactical reposition. Say uh um on like an attachment like Rob Stark or on uh, Just any attachment or something that doesn't need to be doing what the Outriders, in my opinion, are meant to do. The Outriders are not really meant to stay within short range of a bunch of units. And so I feel like, in theory, I love tactical reposition more than swift retreat. But on this unit, I just think I would rather have the swift retreat back. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I'd agree. This unit is meant to kind of try to use its speed and maneuverability to just go past your opponent and maybe do flank and rear charges and trigger their ambush ability while also trying to do some damage. Um, so it's kind of weird. I mean, tactical reposition on themselves can maybe help them do that. Uh, that three-inch shift might get them out of line of sight of someone beforehand before they have to charge or anything. I, I mean... Obviously, it's got to be done in the opponent's turn, but maybe it helps uh h- helps them directly and early game, I guess it could help your other units by hey, I started near something, move it right away at the beginning of the game, three inches, and then go off and do my own thing uh it just yep. this unit's always just been in a weird spot in my opinion it doesn't really do damage <laughs> its support is just okay <laughs> like it's just really fast and but in the beginning of the game, that was its thing. Is it was the one of the only units in the game that was super fast. Well, now we're at a point where almost every faction has a six point or a six move cavalry somewhere in there to keep up with them. So they've kind of lost their identity just from the game evolving and getting more units, and they've never really revisited them and you know updated them. In my opinion, to have a role in the, in the army.
0: Yep. I mean, I don't know. It's, I guess too early to tell because, like you were saying, using it on themselves could really, you know, they're already going 18 inches, 21 inches if you're using this tactical reposition. Um, and, I mean, maybe there's something to be said about running two of these guys plus Rob uh, Commander. Now you got three tactical repositions, um, all for the price of two six-point units and then, you know, a minimum of a five-point unit for whatever you put Rob in. Uh, I don't know. I definitely want to try them out. Uh, I'll have to, I have to paint two more models in order to have two complete units painted. But, um, you know, uh, I'm not all doom and gloom with it. Uh, my initial knee-jerk reaction is that I wish they had their old ability back. But I'm open to the idea that this new ability might be better for them. All right. Next up, uh, we'll talk about the um, House Umber Great Axes. So, they got their Executioner's Fury changed, um, and, let me pull up the notes, I want to make sure I read off all the changes. Uh, so, they got added their Furious Assault and changes to Executioner's Fury, and removed on yielding, and melee dice value decreased from 765 to 654, so one dice less on each rank, um. So their furious assault is when they successfully charge an enemy, they become panicked. Uh, they now have vicious all the time with uh, only defense dice rolls of six, maybe uh, block hits from this attack. If this unit only has one remaining rank after the attack is completed, the defender becomes weakened. Um, initially I loved this ability first reading it. And there's a lot of, like, back and forth on the intent of the ability, because um, it says only defense dice rolls of six may block hits from this attack. Um, you could argue that abilities like shield wall that block hits cannot block this attack because they are not dice rolls of six. Now, with that said, if that is how it's played, I love this ability, and I think it I almost, in my opinion, I think it's kind of fair, because, you know, my argument for that is things like pyromancers, which just say you get no saves, but you can shield wallet. So there's one still allows sixes, still allows that chance for. I mean, how many times have I rolled stupidly insane against you, Spence, where this might not even help or you know help someone? If their opponent's just rolling a bunch of sixes, then again, at least you don't get the shield wall. Whereas pyromancers, you just go, yeah, I don't care if you roll sixes, you don't get nothing. Oh, you got shield wall? Okay, at least you'll block some. What's uh, what's your thought on, on the unit yeah, plus little... kind of what I was saying? Well, one,
2: you roll sixes all the time against me, so that's always <laughs> the case. Um, I'm conflicted. I feel like... We're gonna need clarification. Like, there's there's no getting around that. We are gonna need the clarification to know for sure how this is gonna work because that is a big deal of how good is this gonna be. Um, but otherwise, I'm like, I I don't know because I I just about the unit in general because I just go it's only got six attacks. So against some yep. things, this could be great. Like let's be honest against champions of stag, This is amazing. Cause you're just like, you don't get armor basically. Um, so I, I feel like it's so matchup dependent, like maybe it'll end up making its way into one list for every, com- uh, competitively for Starks. Like I could see that, but I feel like you're not going to like, it's not so amazing that you're going to take it in both lists or anything. So it's in a difficult, no, oh, maybe not difficult, it's the right, not, right. probably not the right word. But it's in an unusual spot where I go, I could definitely see one competitive because it will keep your opponent honest of going, you sure you want to bring a durable list? Because I have answers to it with this list. Um, but beyond that, like, wow. they're not super the durable. I- they're, they're kind of durable, but not super durable. They're And their damage output without, uh, you know, a clear cut target to go after is not super high so i i think they're in a tricky spot
0: so the way i'll put it is if this if you're allowed to block hits against executioner's fury i probably would never take them um six dice is just not a lot at full rank um maybe if they were like six six four but even then like six dice hitting on threes uh even against champs with like, you know, I might only, you know, let's say I hit with uh, five of them, and then you pass your morale, and then play and heal uh, the whatever card to heal two conviction, breath and conviction. Yeah, and you roll one six. What have I done? Uh, I've done two wounds. <laughs> um, whereas I got pyromancers pulled up. Pyromancers move the same distance. Their melee attack is seven seven four. Uh, they have a ranged attack that is also 774. They do have two less, uh, armor, but they have the same morale. Their, uh, wildfire for vicious and no defensive, uh, saves, no defensive dice, applies for their ranged and their melee attack. And then they have horrific visage. Uh, some would argue that two extra, um, armor is big. But I personally think that um, if you can use Shield Wall on the Executor's Fury, Armancers are hands down better, no question, even with the context of the faction. Um, but now, if I can run into your unit that has a block ability like Shield Wall and know that it's not going to work, then all right, we get we're you know we got something to talk about. Because even then, even if they can't use their shield wall, I'm still not going to just like eat through the unit unless I get a lucky uh, vicious. And a lot of times, you know, like let's say pikemen who what are they a four up morale, the unsullied. Yes, they're four. <laughs> My vicious is going to make them a six up. Now, granted, if I charge them, they're going to be panicked. But even then, even a panic token on a six up morale is no like amazing odds. It's just decent odds. So, anyways. Uh, I would like
2: to point out... Sorry. Go ahead. Before we uh, move on, I figure I would like to point out that even if this blocks shield wall and auto-blocking effects, this would not affect resilience. Resilience is having the damage, not blocking hits.
0: Yep. And that's another thing. Like, you know, (laughs) awesome. I got all... Even if I get all six through... All right, um, oh, you have an awesome morale, all right, well, that vicious probably not gonna do much uh this this low of dice, six five four, I think is what, the killer of it, and why I argue that it has to ignore blocks to block uh abilities, so all right, we'll move on uh to I believe the last unit, last thing to talk about. We got plenty of time. Um, it's the House Umber Berserkers. So, they have all the same stats on the left side. Or no, sorry, not all the same stats. They went from hitting on fours to hitting on threes, but that's because their ability on the right has changed. No longer do they hit better for every missing rank, and they lost on yielding. They now have Berserkers Fervor, and it's an innate ability. You can't take this away. Uh, For each of the unit's destroyed ranks, it gains plus one to defense dice rolls and plus one to morale test rolls. So at last rank, they're going to be a three-up defense and a three-up morale. Um, I don't know. Uh, Most people I have heard talk about it, both on Turning Ground, like everywhere, are super worried about this unit and think it might be way too good. And uh, I mean... The only thing that makes me think this unit is better now is the fact that the ability is innate, otherwise I personally like the old version um but now because it is innate i I do lean towards the new version what uh what do you think?
2: Yeah, I would say this is just kind of a in my opinion overall minor buff because I mean if you're only a four up four up and your opponent hits you because you're on like you're on second rank. Your opponent still might just one-shot you and you never get to the 3-up 3, up, three up, Like Yep. At that point. So I... Because it doesn't proc until after you've already taken damage, it's really hard to say how good this is. It
0: Well, because well, I'm i going to miss, you know, because, yeah, people would say, oh, man, but you started hitting on fours. Well, that's why I ran Sworn Sword Captains in the unit. I could reroll that four up to hit but I'm going to miss my two-up to hit with nine dice with one model remaining on the unit, and then, you know, kill you, <laughs> which literally well, just happened at the event right before this came out.
2: Also, and if you were to try and pair this with Great John Umber, you go, his card for, like, Last Stand, this ability doesn't do you anything on Last Stand, whereas the other one did, because yep. you would be hitting on twos with nine dice. Now it's nine dice hitting on threes, but... The actual ability of plus one armor and plus one morale doesn't matter anymore because you're already dead.
0: Exactly. Um, same thing. I mean, now you could argue that uh, um, berser- uh, the berserker tactics uh, take some wounds from yourself. You could put yourself into a better defense, like uh, defensive position. Even let's say you might be more uh, susceptible to wanting to do. Let's say you're at exactly nine wounds. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to do one wound to myself. That way I'm only losing one model to increase my armor and my morale uh, by one each and then do two extra wounds to you. I can see something like that, but still, I don't know. Maybe in the in the overall scheme of this, maybe they're just a more reliable unit rather than one that you have to work around and try to get to that two up uh, to hit maybe that that's my takeaway. Um I still have unfortunately not gotten a chance to play these guys yet. Um uh, uh mentioned this before on the show but for my local events I try to uh once I get first place with a a, a faction I kind of put it like on the shelf and then I work on another faction. Just got my first place with Martels um and then probably going to move over to my great joys just because they're painted want to try them out too but starks pretty high on the list and uh, you know berserkers on top of that berserkers you know uh, not that it was like forever ago but you know just the start of this game you know berserkers have always kind of been nostalgic like one of my favorite units um, and the previous version between between the 7.1.6 version the version before this and this version uh without being without knowing because i haven't played this unit yet the previous version was my favorite i know a lot of people would probably argue that that was the least uh useful one but i don't know maybe that's also just cuz it's my playstyle uh my playstyle has always been much different than the norm uh i just kind of find something that really works for me and the way i guess my brain thinks uh... because uh... we're actually just having this conversation but you know a lot of people don't think they're a terrible unit by no means but in the scheme of what options you have a lot of people don't really care for uh... sun spear dervishes me i they're like a go-to for me i like can't build lists without them uh... my strategy just hinges on so many things that they can do so and that's kind of you know how a lot of my lists go and why the previous version of the Berserkers uh, were my favorite. They just, they worked well with how I played the game. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on either Berserkers or just any of the changes? Because I think that is everything. I think you might be muted. Are you still there? Sorry,
2: I was muted. Um, Yeah, I, I would say... This unit i like the other version more too. I I was in the same boat. Um that I preferred the other version. Uh I don't think this is a bad version for Berserkers, but I agree. It's, it's an unusual. I, I feel like they're trying to do something much differently than they were doing with this unit. Uh which is kind of yep. jarring a little bit. Um <laughs> for a unit that's been around for so long, I I guess is how I would add that. Um So it's, it is what it is. Uh, we'll be interested to see what the, you know, play test with the changes and see how it goes. Uh,
0: but yeah, they'll
2: they'll be okay. I think.
0: Yep. Um, all right. So wrapping it up with two last things, I do want to mention our, um, kind of do a little recap of uh, our tournament we just had and not a recap in the sense of talking about all the, uh, rounds and how it went. Uh, in particular, just uh mention we did uh play banners and but or butchery banners and butchery. I don't know how you say it um we played that one second round it was actually uh announced that it would be second round so that way no one was uh blindsided by it um played it I played against uh I mentioned earlier in the episode against um the one player it was actually that game where they charged uh with the royal guard and failed to charge. Um anyways my thoughts on it uh you know I hate saying it like this but it's a terrible uh game mode I hate like you know saying anything in the game is terrible cuz I know CMON works really hard uh, they've made such an amazing game uh but you know to put it as nicely as I can it is a terrible mission um for pretty much uh competitive or friendly um all of our games were like either I don't know, like they're just boring. Um my game in particular ended zero zero but I won because I had more points on the table. Uh I know there was two other games that also ended zero zero, uh with one being a tabling but still zero points. Uh I know um your game spent uh how did yours go again? Or at Mine was like the like point wise.
2: Mine was the unusual one. Uh, My game, I lost 9-7. So we actually kind of destroyed objectives and tried to beat the crap out of each other with our commanders at the same time. Um, So I think we probably played how the uh, devs intended it, me and my opponent. That's probably how the game was intended. It still wasn't a very good mission because I, I feel like there's some serious flaws in it, like, if you can get a fast-moving cavalry behind your opponent's main line to get to the objectives, it's brutal. Um, like you, you're kind of already, you're the opponent's already at that point in a already a, I probably lost situation, um, or the opposite happens. They just go, fine, I'm going to take my most durable unit and I'm just going to plop it on my objectives, and you have to remove me from it. And it's just, it just turns into a grinding fest, which I don't know if that was their intended intention was to turn it into a grinder, but I, like this, this mission seems to be more geared towards killing each other than fire and blood is, which is kind of sad. Um yeah. Well, so it's
0: I think a small uh thing that could make it um uh a million times better. Uh and i'm not saying this would be the perfect uh, change but let's just say a simple change just to change what it is right now cuz right now i think it's just kind of unplayable you just make each objective only worth 2 points not 3 when you destroy it uh and bring back uh victory through combat now you know with the objectives being so close together and you know you don't have to try to get your commander to kill something, you just, you know, you can still leave in there, I guess, the commander gets an extra point when he kills something, but um you know, there's, like I said, one of our games, and I know other games have ended this way, you end with a tabling of 0, zero because the commander didn't kill anything. Um, it's just goofy. Now, could you imagine if I mean, I guess they would still win because the point's on the table, but could you imagine not tabling your opponent and they had one unit left and it was the score was 0-0? Zero, zero? Like, I don't know. Um it's a field so that's back. just my... Yeah, that's just my initial thought. Maybe uh, just make each po- uh, objective worth two if you destroy it and bring back uh, victory through combat. But... Really, I don't think that's a, a permanent fix. I think that's a temporary fix. I think the mission has a lot more uh, things that needs to be worked out and uh, looked at. So I want to mention that in there, just kind of our findings. Um, we have decided we will, uh, as a group, um, we will not be playing that mission again until it is uh, changed up. Uh, we wanted to give it a fair shake, and that's why we, uh, why uh, Brian, our TO, uh, edited in. Um, But it was pretty universally not not liked. Um, All right, then last up, you know, because we do have fifteen minutes, but I don't plan to spend the whole fifteen minutes. Uh, I just want to quickly mention Adepticon. I think registration is closed, but a lot of times you can still like get a ticket or something or a badge. Or, but if you can make it, definitely try to go to Adepticon. Um, There's an event on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, And if you're a newer player or newish, not like super experienced, you can go to the um, Sunday event. Now, if you are an experienced player, you can still go on Sunday and then help out. I believe there are actually prizes for experienced players that help. Like they have their own little prize pool of stuff they can get. Um, The Thursday event is the Chimera event. It's basically the Cerberus. Um, I think they just chose a different name for it. So, three lists all with a different commander, all same faction, and uh um the the description on Adepticon says uh 15 points difference between each uh um list, but reviewing the tournament packet that uh, was sent me sent to me to proofread, it said only 10 points. So hopefully uh once uh, Marty's able to send out the packet to everyone that's been signed up. It'll have the clarification on if it's ten or fifteen. I actually haven't solidified my list yet for that reason. Um, but those points can't appear in, in either list. So let's say your list one needs to have um fifteen points that doesn't appear in list two or three. Like it just it can't you can't just like fudge the numbers around to only have, like, it not appear in one list and then a different, you know, you know what I mean. Anyways, should be a lot of fun, though. Uh, I know there's been a little controversy around that mode because of how, uh, like, you have to pick your list. You can only use each list once, and then by the round three, you could get kind of SOL um, if, like, all you have left is a, ter- a terrible mission with a terrible list against a terrible uh list. But, I don't know, we're just going to have fun. Uh, I'm excited for it. And then on Friday, we have the team event. Uh, Two, uh, you sign up as a team. One person buys the ticket, uh, which applies for both players. And it's 25 points each player, and you get one swing point. Okay. Um, so you can have one player have 25 and 25, or 24, 26 um, you can still only have uh half of your or sorry uh thirty percent of your points. That's why I think it comes out to be seven points uh of your twenty five point list um as uh as neutrals. Um if you run neutrals as your faction, uh your opponent or sorry your teammate cannot run any neutrals. And then finally on Saturday is the main event. Um that one I believe has like fifty three people signed up for it. Um should be an awesome time. Lots of people are gonna be there. I highly suggest uh if you haven't already, try to get your ticket, your badge, and all that. I believe there's late signups and whatnot, but uh don't take my word for it. Just try to go to AdeptCon twenty twenty four and then see if you can sign up there. Uh should be a lot of fun. Uh Spencer, any shout outs or anything you want to mention?
2: Nope. Uh, I know I'll be there at a depth count for Friday and Saturday. Uh, I'll be your teammate for the Friday event uh, and I'll be there for Saturday. I uh, hope to see you all there.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, with that said, everybody, this has been one heck of a uh, long road of trying to cover season four, um, you know, nearly eight hours uh, of covering it. But as you guys know, we like to do more of a deep dive uh, not just gloss over certain things. Kind of really, you know, some people come for just one faction, uh, and I really don't. Uh, I feel like I don't do certain people justice by skipping over things that I don't think are important, because um, some other people really might want more of a deep dive. And I, I do feel like I bring somewhat of a unique perspective because I do play every faction, um, definitely some more than others, but I play them all uh And I know them all pretty pretty inside and out um at this point, so uh that's why I like to really dive in on all of them and kind of give my thoughts on on every single thing that comes out. So I hope you all appreciate that and uh uh the coming weeks we're probably gonna do like a more of an adeptcon hype, probably talk about the different uh tournament. Uh, options you can go to and kind of like what we would see, maybe have on some guests and whatnot. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, Again, thank you all for listening in. This is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed.
1: Still here. Why?